You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. We worship the Most High God. We continue to salute you, Your Majesty. We return all praise and all glory to you. We say, Lord, be exalted. We lift you high above the heavens and the earth. Above all the mountains, because you are greater than them, you made everything, including those big, giant mountains. You formed them. Lord Jesus, we adore you. We adore you because your word can still move them. Your word is so powerful. It tears down the cedars of Lebanon. Lord God, we worship your holy name. We cannot worship you enough. We cannot do it enough. Even the 24 elders who bow before you day and night, who doff their crowns in adoration, they still need to keep doing it because it is not enough. Because you deserve more than any one of us can bring. We just want to align ourselves this morning with your many creatures that are worshipping you. Lord God, we say you are God from the beginning to the very end, from January to the very December that we have come into. We started this year, and here it is, the last month of the year. We worship you. We thank you because it is not by our power that we are here. It is not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but of you that shows mercy. Thank you for showing us mercy in this year of divine mercy. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, because you have shown us mercy months in, months out, in going out, in coming in. Lord, we worship your holy name. We look back with gratitude. We thank you for what you have accomplished in our lives. We may not yet be where we have planned we will be, but we have certainly moved forward, not only by inches, but we have moved forward by miles. You have been so good to us. You have been so kind to us. This year could have been so much worse, but you tempered it. Lord Jesus, you tempered it with your mercy. You let mercy speak. Lord God, where pandemic spoke, mercy even spoke louder. Where job losses spoke, mercy even spoke even much louder. Where different calamities and different things that befell us spoke, you made your grace to speak even louder. And your grace you have made to be sufficient for us. Lord Jesus, we thank Thank you for being our sufficiency, for being our provider, our healer, our protector, our everything. Lord, that's what you are. You are the I am, the I am, and you have been everything more than we could have ever asked for, or wished for, or prayed for, or imagined. Lord, you have been so kind to us. We thank you, Father. We worship your name. Lord God, we bless you even for today because you are set to do great and mighty things. Lord God, because you are in the house. We know that we will not be the same. We know that you will meet us at the point of our need. We know, Lord God, that our lives will take a better direction. Even from this moment, Lord God, that you will do what you have proposed to do in our lives, even by reason of your word in the name of Jesus Christ. As it comes forth this morning, Lord, we pray that you will illuminate our hearts. Lord God, warm it up that it will not be hard against you, that our hearts will not be closed against your word in the name 
name of Jesus Christ. We will not choose familiarity with your word. Rather, we will choose sincerity and humility so that we can receive from you what you have proposed to bestow upon us. Lord God, let it be unto us according to your word today. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, I will pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. It's such a lovely, lovely day. Lovely, lovely Saturday morning. The first Saturday in the last month of the year. Has God not been good? Has He not been kind? He has kept us. He has shielded us. He has stood by us. When the enemy came like a flood, He rose a standard against them. He delivered us. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God delivers in from them all. We've been delivered severally. This year is by the mercy of God. And this morning we do not take it for granted. We just want to return that praise and glory to Him. Even as we begin a new series this morning, we know that the Lord is not done with us. And by His grace, we will get better and better by the day in the name of Jesus Christ. As earlier announced, we begin the last series of the month today. And we have titled it, Let's Balance It. Let's balance it. Today we begin with the topic under that broad theme, let's balance it. We're going to be looking at balancing power and wisdom. So are you ready? Good. So please turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 52. Then he said to them, I'm reading Matthew chapter 13, verse 52. Bible says, Then he said to them, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. He brings out of his treasure things new and old. First thing, in the treasure of this very skilled householder this instructed householder there are new things and there are old things hmm? old things but they are all treasures new things but they are all treasures in this age and time where we live many people have dubbed this age that of knowledge that of information whatever but one thing we have seen in the kingdom side of this king of this uh, generation is that there is now um, unprecedented access to diverse teachings, ministrations, and practices. So it is much more vital now than ever before to be anchored, our faith to be anchored on sound doctrines based on God's word so that we can avoid being tossed. In this month, by the grace of God, I'll be trusting God for His teaching grace to flow. So you may not, um, you may not hear a lot of shouting, you may not hear a lot of table banging, you may not hear a lot of many other things, except as the Lord leads us. Uh, I, I want to spend time to speak, to teach, to converse with us, to reason from scriptures, to reason from scriptures. I, I, I like to engage issues from scriptures because this is the style of the master Jesus Christ. When there is a doctrinal matter, he says it is written. He says, have you not read? He said in the beginning, it was not so. Why? Because there is a reference to something that has been written before. So he tries to establish 
doctrine and he taught like one with authority so we 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 come from the position of the authority that he has delegated to us as believers and as those he has made stewards of his word given the mandate to go disciple the nation so we want to reason from scriptures what are these things that we need to balance in this time where there is a lot of information, a lot of rema, a lot of teachings, a lot of experiences, a, a lot of things flying all around. Many of them are true. Many of them are not true. How do you discern? Bible says if you remain at a level called Bible, that is if you are still a child with respect to the things of the kingdom, the principles of the kingdom. He said, then you make yourself susceptible to the wind that can blow you off track. There is a need therefore to anchor, anchor ourselves on that sure word of scriptures. This generation is not new. Every generation has something new that comes up from time to time. From time to time, we have seen all kinds of movement. At some point, maybe it was about holiness. At some point, it was about prosperity. At some point, it was about who we are in Christ. At some point, it was about healing. At some point, it was about miracles. At some point, it's about encounters and spiritual visions and angelic visitations. You know, we've heard plenty, 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 plenty things. Each generation seems to be identified with one of these things or the other. So, this scripture is saying, hmm, some of those things are treasurable and they may be new or they may be old. Please listen to me. I need you to follow me this morning. I'm trying to lay a foundation. Some of these things that we find valuable or treasurable, some of them may be things that were in the generations before us. The moves of God in the generation before us, the the precepts in the word of God that the generation of before us embraced. Or sometimes it may be that which we currently embrace. And today I don't want to go into a lot of debate and mentioning of names or mentioning of things so that you do not misconstrue the purpose of this message. The purpose of this message is not to attack anyone or anything or to, you know, castigate any church or any organization. No, 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 no. It's to say, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, can we please open the Bible and try to balance the things we are hearing? Otherwise, we will stand a risk of being tossed or being thrown to one corner and extreme position. And as we will see later from today's teaching, God is not an extremist. God is not an extremist. God seeks that we have balance that we have balance based on what he has provided in his word some of the old things that you know and uh, you know some some people they say oh um give me that old time religion i'm sure you've heard the song give me that old time religion there are things in the old time religion in quotes that are treasurable but not all things that are old are treasurable yeah there are some practices that we have seen our fathers you know practice we thank God and celebrate God for their lives. We thank God for the illumination that they had and for the things that they were doing. But we thank God for today because knowledge is progressive. We thank God for the things that the Holy Spirit has made the church today to understand better. So there are some things in the past that are not really treasurable. Of course there are things in the past that are treasurable that we should hold. 
And the same can be said of today. So there are some things we are doing today that are treasurable. Even though they are new, we should treasure them. But there are also many things we are doing today that are not treasurable. They are not based on the word of God. And therefore, we should fling them out of the window. We should fling them out of the window. Some of the things that we see trending now, things that we have commonized, is, you know, people just going to programs. You know, you want to do a program. You want to, um, you know, lead prayers. You want to teach. And we, we stylishly turn it to some personal fundraising move. And we say people should come touch my leg or touch my shoes. Or, you know, people can't take a mantle or buy an handkerchief or something. It may be new. That is not treasurable because that's not in scripture. But also today we see a lot of outpouring of the spirit. It is treasurable. So what, what am I trying to say? We've got to find the right balance. There are things that we used to do that we have stopped doing because today we do not see the treasure in them. You know, uh, last Sunday in our church we had um, something we called hymna concert or Imna Sunday. Uh, in some of our branches we did as a Sunday service. In some other branches we did it as a standalone concert after service. Whatever. What we did was we sang a lot of hymns. Hymns. You know, when I read the book of Ephesians chapter 5, if you read verse 19, Bible says speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns and spiritual songs. You know, admonishing one another. Today, when you hear hymns, with the new generation of believers, we feel hymns, oh, that's old school, that's old school, that's old school. We, we want to sing spiritual, spiritual songs in quotes. So now before you start singing, before you do a chorus, you start speaking in tongues in, this, in, the, in the chorus or in the verse. And that way we feel oh, we are singing spiritual songs. Okay, fine, we are singing spiritual songs. But there's nothing wrong about those hymns and those psalms. In fact, I don't even think we sing psalms anymore. Maybe some churches still sing hymns. Maybe once in a while, uh, with the Pentecostals also, you know, we organize events like hymna concert or hymna Sundays and, and we sing a number of hymns in a year. But we don't really sing psalms. In fact, psalms these days have become <laughs> some people's amulets. So when, when they think of psalms, they think of something to recite. They want to recite psalms into a bottle of water. They want to recite psalms into, into olive oil, you know. <laughs> psalms was not re really written for recitation. It was written, uh, written as a song. They were, they were lyrics. Lyrics of a song. If you study the sounds very well, you will see rhythm. You will see that some of it had a refrain, you know. Some, some of it were like call and response, you know, uh, for his mercies endure forever. Then, you know, the one who did this and that, for his mercies endure forever. You know, there were songs. <laughs> so, but today we've discarded them. We've discarded them because we have only embraced the new wave. You know, when, when we sing and we are prophesying as we are singing or we're speaking in tongues as we are singing, it is good treasurable but don't throw away the treasures in hymns and psalms i'm not going to hymns and psalms today the focus today is on power and wisdom and that's what we're going to spend our time um really really discussing today that's what we're going to spend our time talking about today why is this very important for us to to address why is it important like I mentioned earlier, in the age that we live, there are a lot of, you know, private revelations. There are a lot of stories about encounters, about spiritual experiences, out-of-the-body experiences. And then, as these things are good, 
Some of it may be true. Some may not be true. You know, what we want to do is to say, what does the word of God say about these things? Is this the way it is in scriptures? And much as we crave this power, power, power expressions, ability to heal, ability to prophesy, ability to, you know, give accurate word of knowledge, ability to do miracles, and all that, which is great and necessary. Is there a place for also expressing the dimension of Jesus Christ called wisdom? Wisdom. So in the entire series we're going to be taking this uh, month, we will try to consider maybe like three, three of those things that we want to balance. This week, like I mentioned earlier, we'll be taking power and wisdom. Let's balance it. Next week, we'll be taking grace and truth. Let's balance it. Then um, on the 18th, that's Saturday, the 18th, we'll be taking impartation and consecration. Let's balance it. For me, that's my favorite. So I, I beg of you, please don't miss any Saturday this month. You would indeed be blessed in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray as we share your word this morning. Lord God, that you will speak through me. Holy Spirit, that you will guide me to bring about clarity to the word of God and that each one of us will be better by reason of being part of this in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Alright, let's go to our text for today. First Corinthians chapter 1. Book of First Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to be reading verse 22 downwards. 22 downwards. The Bible says, for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. In this very short passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I just finished reading from verse 22 to verse 24. In these three verses, is loaded, loaded, loaded a lot of things that we're going to be spending our time today discussing. The Bible says here, and I hope that you were also reading or that you were listening. It says here that there are two categories of people identified in these three verses. It says the Jews, the Jews, and the Greeks. Hmm? It says for the Jews, the Jews are a people who like size, who like a show of power, who, who like to see something spectacular, something strange, something supernatural, before they know that God has called you or God has sent you. Or that God is with you. Or that God is using you. Or that you are representing God in that instance. So it says, these Jews, this is the way they are wired. And you won't blame them, you know. This was a family that became a nation. That God brought out miraculously from Egypt. For him to bring them out of Egypt, he did ten signs. Miraculous plagues. You remember the story very well in the book of Exodus? Ten of them he did in Egypt alone. But that wasn't all. 
he did countless others as they came to the red sea he did another miracle they passed that place red sea he did another miracle for 40 years they were feeding on food that was falling from the sky they ate meat that god directed to come to the shores to come meet them they saw how a dry wood budded and brought forth fruit they saw how you put food you put it in the ark of covenant and it does not get spoiled for years they've seen signs signs they had prophets that showed signs and wonders every time so for them to believe that god is using somebody or that god has called somebody or that god has sent somebody to come give them a message they're going to ask you please show us a sign in fact they asked jesus they said, what sign do you show us he said i show you no sign except that of the prophet jonah how he was in the belly of the fish he said i'll show you crooked and perverse generation i will show you no sign so they always ask for signs jews that's who they are but he says, no, there is another category of people in the same passage. He said they are Greeks. Greeks. You remember Greeks? You remember your Aristotle? You remember your Socrates? Your Plato? You remember Archimedes, Pythagoras? You remember all those guys? What do you remember them for? They were philosophers, scientists, botanists, astronomers, astrologers, biologists. These were people who grew up in the realm of logic logic was their food for something to be accepted by them it had to make sense there's got to be a logic to it so the bible is saying there are two kinds of people on this planet the people who want science who need power they can only be reached by power if you cannot demonstrate power you cannot reach them hmm? he's saying these people will not believe except they see signs and wonders. Jesus Christ himself said it. Of course, he was referring to the Jews. So he said, these guys, this is how they are. He said, but these are another kind of people. For them, what is key is not power. It is wisdom. It's you bringing supernatural or superior intelligence to bear. That's what gets them. You being able to discern, decipher, decode things that are not available in the realm of logic for them. That is what gets them. Oh, good. So, we are laying a foundation. So, in this scripture, it says Greeks and Jews. It says, but we, what do we do? Because there are these two kinds of people. It says we cannot preach a narrow Jesus. Mm -mm. We we'll preach Christ and we preach him crucified. You're not getting me. It says, for that reason, because we preach Christ crucified, it becomes a stumbling block for the Jews. Why? The idea of, of a Christ is a very powerful person, is the Messiah, is somebody that they did not expect can be killed by mere mortals. So when you say that same Christ, him crucified, they don't get it. This Christ is supposed to have power. So if he's not showing us this power, if he's not able to defeat this Roman Roman uh, government, it's not Christ enough. For the Greeks, it's saying, even for them, they don't get it. It's foolishness to them. Because how can you say somebody is your Messiah and he has come and then he dies and then that ends it? That doesn't make sense to them. So he goes on to say, but for those who are called so he's saying there's a segment 
of the Jews, the people who seek signs, that will not get it. Hmm? They will not get it because they do not understand the sign that they have seen. And today we have some people, in fact, there's a religion still called Judaism, where the people don't get Jesus. They don't understand. Hmm? It's a stumbling block in their mind that the Messiah cannot and could not have been killed. So definitely he hasn't come in their mind. That's what they think. And of course, there's a segment of the Greeks, Greeks in quotes now, that is learned people all over the world, that the gospel doesn't make sense to them. We call them atheists today. For them, they want to reason logically and say, no, these things cannot be true. How come your Jesus is this and then he died? Show me proof, empirical proof to say and prove that he was Christ. And we still have them today. They still keep debating, but they've forgotten what the scripture says. Spiritual things can only be spiritually discerned. They cannot have the capacity to discern it, except they first follow what they call counter logic that we have followed as believers. We believe first, and because we believe, we know. They want to know before they believe. And so it's not working for them. But it says there is a segment of each one of those two tribes. If you permit me to use the words, the tribe of the Jews, I'm not speaking about Judaism as a religion or Jews as a nation of Israel. No, a people who seek science, who seek power. He said there is a segment of them that have been called. That's what verse 24 says. He said, but those who are called, both Jews and Greeks. He said some Jews have now been called. Oh yes. And some Greeks have now been called. People who seek wisdom, they have now come to understand and appreciate that wisdom in Christ Jesus. And he says concerning them, we have preached and they have received that Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. What am I trying to establish? That is, if we are going to reach people, listen to me, it is not going to be only via one method because there are two kinds of people on earth. The ones who seek power and the one who seek wisdom. So if all we do, if all we know, if all the expression of Jesus we have is the power dimension, there will be people who will be alienated from the things we, we offer. Why? Because they will have another means of getting what we offer. If power is the only thing we offer. Say, but it's a different group, the Greeks, who seek wisdom. Again, if all we offer, if all the dimension of Jesus we know, is the wisdom dimension and is devoid of power. He said there are some people we will not be able to reach. People that need science we won't be able to reach them with only wisdom. Therefore, Christ embodies both the wisdom and the power of God so he can reconcile both the Jews and the Greeks and call them into his body. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let's turn uh, to the book of John chapter 4. John chapter 4, I'm going to read verse 46. John chapter 4. I just want to quickly establish um, this basis before we dig deeper. John chapter 4, verse um, 46 says, So Jesus came, Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. You remember the story, don't you? Bible says, and there was a certain nobleman, underline nobleman, noble means very influential man, hmm? whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, 
he went to meet him and implored him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death pause listen let me explain what's going on here the bible says jesus having done one miracle in cana of galilee it was said that jesus was in town this same jesus who did a miracle at a wedding where they ran out of wine he did a miracle so the bible says now he's in town so a very influential man heard that this jesus this miracle worker this power broker is in town so he rushed to him listen power is attractive this is what scripture is saying because of the show of power there is an attraction to the ministry of jesus and we see that happening today ministers of god ministries where there is a lot of demonstration of, of power they do not struggle to have people filling their pews and that's what's happening here power has a way of bringing faith so jesus was there on his own a nobleman came to him and said my son is at the point of death then jesus said to him unless you people see signs and wonders you will by no means believe <laughs> jesus said, i know you you are only seeking me not because you have heard that i also speak a lot of parables and i teach a lot of wisdom about the kingdom but you have come because you know that i have power to heal power to do miracles to turn water to wine so jesus said to, no the nobleman said to him sir i don't care what you are saying just come down before my child dies don't preach i don't want to listen to, uh, you know we preachers we do this a lot somebody is in trouble he has come to meet the pastor pastor this and that we say calm down first we first want to preach you know why we preach to you we we can pray and god will give you the miracle and if you do not understand the basis you are going to lose it and come back and say we are fake that's why we always take time to teach first before ministering impartation before doing things so that you will not walk away and think it is magic it is not magic so that's why teaching is fundamental but the man was impatient he said please come before this child dies jesus said to him go your way your son lives so the man believed the word that jesus spoke to him and he went his way and as he was going down his servants met him and told him saying your son lives then he inquired of them the hour when he got better and they said to him yesterday at the eleventh at the seventh hour the fever left him so the father knew that it was at the same hour in which jesus said to him your son lives and he himself believed and his whole household this again is the second sign jesus did when he had come out of judea into galilee very instructive bible says here the reason this man believed is not because jesus preached the message no the reason he believed was because of this sign bible says this verse 54 this again is the second sign that jesus did when he came out of judea into galilee this nobleman and his entire household the bible says they believed because of the sign so there is a place for power there is a place for sign let's go to the second one matthew chapter 12 i'll be jumping around scriptures today because this is how i like to teach using scripture to teach using scripture to interpret scripture matthew chapter 12 I'm going to read verse 42. These are not my words. We're reading and reasoning from scriptures together. Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. What does verse 42 say? Verse 42 says, The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it. This uh, red letter was Jesus speaking. And condemn it for she came from the ends of the earth 
to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. Jesus wasn't bragging. He's saying, see, I'm here. The level of wisdom that I embody is greater than what Solomon was given. In fact, by me, was Solomon able to receive wisdom? If you read Proverbs chapter 8, you will understand what I'm talking about. I don't have time to read Proverbs chapter 8. It says, I am wisdom. I'm here. I'm greater than Solomon. I am the gift. I'm, I'm the giver. I'm everything. Talking about what Solomon had. So he's saying, I'm not just that guy that works science. I'm not just that person that does miracles. I'm also wisdom. And I'm greater than the greatest form of wisdom that has worked on this planet. Jesus is saying, I'm a combination of both. Can't you see it? Jesus, according to the scripture we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 22, it says, I'm both the wisdom and the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 now. Let's go to chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read verse 1. I'm going to start reading from verse 1. It's a long read actually. Please follow me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just so that you understand the interplay of wisdom and power that Jesus Christ represents. In verse 1 of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come. This was Paul speaking. He said, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Wisdom here, you will see later. He was contrasting it. And the wisdom in this context is the wisdom of men. He's saying, I didn't come to you with just eloquence, speaking rhymes and rhythms and using words that have the mnemonic value or just speaking so fluently. Like an orator, I said, no much as i know how to speak and it is a gift from god he said that's not what i'm depending on i did not come to you a man's wisdom declaring to you the testimony of god for i determined not to know anything among you except jesus christ and him crucified i was with you in weakness in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom you you get it now this was what he was referring to in verse one he said it's not with human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power hmm? underline but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of god just follow me he's saying here there are different things i'm emphasizing he says i have not come to you speaking good english only said i've come in demonstration of the power of god so that what you believe in is not based on the wisdom of men but rather on the power of god but that's not all in verse 6 it now says however we speak wisdom among those who are mature excuse me didn't you just say now that it's not by wisdom yes so in verse 1 and in verse 4 it said it's not by man's wisdom in verse 6 it's not mentioning again that we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Definitely, this is a different kind of wisdom he's talking about. So there is divine wisdom, there is human wisdom. Here in verse 6, he's speaking of divine wisdom. And you will see it as we go further. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God, hallelujah, in a mystery. 
we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So there are two things that have been identified and established here now. It says wisdom of God. That's in verse 7. In verse 5, it says power of God. Two things. Power of God. Wisdom of God in a mystery. Bible students, please pay attention. Please follow me. I'm going somewhere. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for those who love him. He said, but God, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. That is, the spirit is also the agency for this wisdom. Are you getting me? The spirit is the agency of the power, but is also the agency for this wisdom. So for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of him who is from God. That we might know the things which have been freely given unto us. He said, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Here we see an interplay of the power of God and the wisdom of God. And this was demonstrated all through the life of the apostles. Not only through the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, who himself has been identified very clearly here in this First Corinthians 1 verse 24, that is the power and wisdom of God. In the life of the apostles, we saw that the apostles didn't only heal with their shadows. The Bible says the, the policies that they brought out of the wisdom of God established the church. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter Go to the book of Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. If you read verse 4 and verse 5. The Bible says, And they went through the cities. They delivered to them the decrees to keep. Decrees here speaks about policies. Policies on the church. Guidelines. Protocols. Requirements. Instructions given by the apostles. Decrees to keep. Which were determined by the apostles and the elders of at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. It says, by what wisdom that the apostles and the elders of the church had, they were able to establish the church based on policies and decrees. They did not just heal people with their shadows or with their mantles as in the case of Paul or shadows in the case of Peter. He said, no, these men had wisdom. In fact, if you remember the story in the book of Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 6, where there was a crisis in the church about how to distribute welfare to the Hellenic or the Gentile um, widows versus the Jewish widows, the Bible says, the apostles said, we are going to solve this problem. And how do we solve this problem? He said, we are going to get us deacons. Let's appoint. See verse... Um, Go to verse 3. Go to verse 3. The Bible says, Let me even read for verse 2. Then the twelve summoned the multitude, that is the, the apostles. They summoned the multitude of the disciples, that is the rest of the people, and said to them, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, 
listen to the criteria good reputation number one number two he said full of the holy spirit and wisdom hallelujah glory to jesus oh we usually skip this they were not supposed only to have good reputation hmm? he said they must be full of the holy spirit and of wisdom they must be filled with the power of the holy spirit and of wisdom whom you may appoint over this business but we we give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word again you see here that in the wisdom of the apostles they said we need men and deacons who will do the work of administering welfare but these guys also need to be balanced they need to not only have good reputation with the people they need to be filled with the holy spirit that is an empowerment not only on the inside but on their heads and we saw that in the life of stephen and philip later he said but also that these people will be full of wisdom full of wisdom emphasized again and again and the apostle said we ourselves we will give ourselves to power to the prayer ministry of prayer of course <laughs> that's one area where we draw power and of the word where we draw wisdom he said that's what we'll focus on we see all this through the life of the deacons the bible says concerning Philip the evangelist, you know, he, he was going somewhere and uh, there was this Ethiopian, you know, in a chariot. Bible said he ran to him. Wisdom. He used wisdom to start a conversation. He said, sir, do you understand what you're reading? And of course, how can I understand? I said, somebody teach me. And he began to minister to him. It was so effective. The man believed on the spot. They came down, looked for a river and baptized him. And by the power of God, the man <laughs> was translated. Philip the evangelist was translated from that point and taken somewhere else balance full of wisdom full of power full of wisdom full of power and this is what we are talking about if you go to the book of um, uh, Isaiah chapter 11 Isaiah chapter 11 if I read verse 1 and 2 you will also see that our Lord Jesus Christ the embodiment of everything we stand for the, the apostle of this faith he himself is a balanced person with respect to wisdom and power. Bible says in verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. Here we see very quickly. Three pairs of expressions of the spirit. Three pairs. He said the first pair. The spirit of wisdom and understanding as far as god is concerned wisdom is the principal thing you know you're getting get wisdom he's saying this is even the primary thing the primary expression of the spirit he said that of wisdom and understanding he says that there is another one the spirit of counsel and might counsel and might counsel meaning advice meaning knowing what to do part time like discernment having the right advice Forming right judgment. And very quickly, he adds to this second leg, he said, and might. Might speaking about power. Hmm? Might speaking about power, right? So he's saying, we have three pairs. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The second pair of counsel and might. That is power. And the third pair, he said, of the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. You see, this, this last one is, is something that is missing a lot in the body of Christ today. Oh, there's a lot of people who can speak beautifully in tongues. After speaking in tongues, then they switch to English and lie. 
You don't understand. After speaking in tongues, they switch to their native dialect and backbite. No fear of God. People that, you know, are spirit filled or that's what we think. And after spiritual expressions, you catch them doing what they are not supposed to be doing. The same people. So we've got to balance it. Don't just go for the spirit of counsel and might. Go for the spirit of the knowledge and of the fear of God. Go for that expression also. We must have balance. Balance. So this is what this message is all about. That we should seek not only to know one dimension of Jesus. Mm -mm. It's not proper to just know only the wisdom dimension of Jesus. How he answers, how he raises questions, how he addresses issues. Mm -mm. It's good, but it's not enough. Get the power dimension. How he walked on the water, how he raised the dead, how he opened the eyes of the blind. And it is possible. That is the balanced view. As believers, as ministers, as people who aspire to be like Jesus, we must aspire to be strong in the expression of his power and in his expression of his wisdom. We must do both. Both are necessary. We must manifest both. I observe with a lot of grief in my heart how we see that we fight one another. Those who are strong in the area of power, they insult the people who are not so strong in that area. We say, oh, all they do is talk. All they do is, um, they are teaching seven ways of doing this. Five ways. Okay, maybe some people overdo some things too. But if that's the area of their grace, please, do not mock them. And you too, maybe what the area of your grace is, you know, just teaching like I'm doing today. I'm teaching. I'm not saying there's somebody here, blah, blah, blah today. Hmm? Maybe that's your area. Don't mock the people who can tell accurately that there is somebody here with so-so-so condition and that God is saying so-so-and-so to you. Don't say they are faking it because the original is available and it's available in Jesus. And Jesus wants us to have both. Not just the wisdom, not the ability to sit down and do sermon on the mount and teach extensively and teach for three days in the solitary place. Not just the ability to teach, but the ability to heal. Because as Jesus was teaching, in the midst of his teaching, while he was teaching, miracles were happening. So that means it's possible. If we have not found the formula, let's say we have not found the formula. Let's be humble and press more into God because it's available. It is available and we must balance it. We must have both. Why? Jesus Christ is both the wisdom and the power of God. And in his body, he has given people diverse grace and gifting. In the body, so that what I lack, my brother has. What my sister lacks, another sister has. So that together, if we pull resources, we can embrace. We, we can show forth, we can exhibit this completeness, this complete balance of power and wisdom in the body of Christ. Of course, Christ is the head. If something is present in the body, it should be present in the head. If it is present in the head, it should be present in the body. In the head, which is Christ, both power and wisdom are possible. They are present and balanced. So should it be in the body. If you read I don't have enough time to read everything I would like to read today. If you go back to that first Corinthians that um, we were reading earlier, if you go to chapter 12 of the book of first Corinthians, the Bible says, because we are different, even though we are one, because we have different graces, 
we are meant to complement one another so if you are stronger in the area of wisdom you should seek that of power but while you are seeking it your brother has that of power you said you should complement you should use that power for the profit of all you should use the wisdom for the profit of all we must balance it we must balance it in verse 4 of the book of first Corinthians chapter 12 it says there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit there are differences of ministries but the same lord and there are diversities of activities but in the same god who works in all but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all for the profit of all jump to verse 12 it says for as the body is one and has many members but all the members of that body being many are one body so also is christ for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body whether jews or greeks hello he said whether jews or greeks so that is the ingredient to be able to reach the greeks is inside the body the ingredient to be able to reach the jews is inside the body he said we need to be able to reach the greeks and the jews the slaves and the free every kind of demography what we need to reach them jesus has put it in the body but we all should strive for balance. Ephesians chapter 4. If you go to Ephesians, you see him saying more or less the same things. Now, speaking about the ministry gifts, he said, For God Himself, He gave to the church apostles, He gave some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? He says, He gave them for the edification of the body, for the perfecting of the saints. He said, For training us. He gave those things for bringing stability to the body. Stability. It says for the keeping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be like children, tossed to and fro, carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ Jesus, from whom the whole body jointly and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does his share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. He said, all these things are needed in the body and the instrumentality to bring it about is already available. He said, take opportunity. Take opportunity to get what you are lacking. But don't condemn what you are lacking. Don't condemn it just because you don't have it. Don't. Today, everybody wants to only focus on power. Power, 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 power. It is good to have power. But it's also necessary to have wisdom. We must have both. Everybody's talking about, oh Lord God, you know when people are waiting on the Lord, they are waiting. Oh Lord, I want to be working in the apostolic and the prophetic. I want to be working in the apostolic. It is good. But don't neglect training in the word of God through teaching and pastoring. Those ones too are there. He did not only give apostles 
and prophets. The same person who gave apostles and prophets, gave teachers and pastors and evangelists. Why? The Bible says for the perfecting of the saints. For training us for ministry. It says to prevent us from being tossed by every wind of doctrine. That we should seek balance and not be thrown to the extremes. Brethren, Jesus is the manifestation of both the wisdom and the power of God. And we must balance it in our lives. You cannot seek one to the detriment of the other. We must get both because this is scripture. This is what the, the Lord himself lived. This is what the apostles practiced. This was what was evident in the early church. It was a church where the wisdom and the power of God was at play at once. It must be so for our church today. We cannot discard the old treasurable things just because of the new valuable things. We must strike a balance. As I conclude this morning, I want to charge you. Don't limit yourself. Don't say, I only want to pursue wisdom. Let Pastor Jenkins and Co. pursue power. You can pursue both. Both are available in Christ. That's the intention of Jesus. Do you still want to reach the Greeks and the Jews? You want to reach the people who seek wisdom and you want to reach the people who seek sign. You've got to press in and have a balanced pursuit. You must balance your pursuit of wisdom and power. Christ is not partisan. Christ wants the Greeks in the body. He wants the Jews in the body. He wants to reach them. They are in the world today. We cannot reach them if we go with a partisan approach. If we go with only miracles, we will not reach them. If they receive the miracles, they will not be established in the faith. If we go with only wisdom, after preaching and preaching, and the things we say Jesus can do, we cannot demonstrate that he can do it in their lives. They will think we are liars. They will go back. So we need both. Both the wisdom to communicate divine mysteries and the power to demonstrate and back it up as proof of concept. We need both. And we must pursue both in a balanced version, in a balanced way. And brethren, let's stop despising one another. The gift you don't have today, somebody in the body has it. Celebrate them. While you press on, the Bible says, earnestly desire these gifts. He was speaking about some gifts, prophecies, and co. He said, earnestly desire them. So if you do not have a certain gift, or you are not working in a certain dimension, go and meet the one who gives it. The same Jesus is able to give it. The one who gave it to others in the body is able to give it to you in accordance with his will. In accordance with his will for you. So go and seek. Don't despise those who have it. Don't mock them and say all they do is seven E's and seven I's and seven S's when they are teaching. And they have no, no power. They are just talkers. They are talkers. We are the demonstrators. We are the proof producers. Don't say that. That's not, that's not the way of humility. That's not the way of Christ. Maybe God has started using you. Don't let it get into your head. Power is not the only thing. You must get knowledge. You must get wisdom. You must get understanding. And this is the balanced view. Remember, Jesus Christ is not only the wisdom of God. He's also the power of God. So today I charge you, in your pursuits of growth, make it holistic. Let's balance it. Power and wisdom, that's what Jesus wants us to have. And I pray that we will take hold of both in the name of Jesus Christ. Next week, we will take the second part of the teaching and we'll be focusing on grace and truth. Many people have said a lot of things about grace. The grace people 
have said a lot of things about the rest of us. And by the way, we are grace people. <laughs> so maybe I should correct myself and say the hyper grace people. The hyper grace people have said a lot of things about the rest of us. So next week we're going to balance it. What does the Bible say about grace and how we preach grace? About truth and how we preach truth. God bless you. Listen to the announcements that come after. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hope you've been blessed today. See you next week by His grace. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dauda Street off Eric Mosulere, Lagos. God bless you.